Alrighty, uh, so this is Christian here. I got Elisha Smith back with me. You know, we did the podcast literally like a week ago, and the recording was garbage, uh, and we had to run it back. So here we are. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, shit, I don't even know where to start, man. We, uh, I'll let you pick. Cause it was getting. I mean, so, so where do you wanna, where do you wanna get into? I know both things that we're both into. We're both into martial arts. We're both kind of a little bit into anime. Um, I myself probably have some questions for you about fatherhood and stuff, just cause like I'm super interested in being a father. Obviously, I'm not a father yet. Yeah. But um, that's really like, how old are you, bro? It's 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 interesting, man. It's definitely one of those things like there's not a manual for it. It's kind of like freestyling every day. Um, but as long as like you at least have an idea of what you want to do, I mean, just I always think about it like if I was a kid, how would I want my dad to be? And that's kind of like that's how I, my thought process is for everything. I'm not gonna say I'm the best father because my girl complains about you know maybe I can help out certain places better. Um, so I'm working on that shit too, but I think just being present and I mean, it's really about it, man. I just really like, I don't want him to grow up and not want to be around me. So that's kind of how I operate, but it's definitely, I I, I feel like that's a super dope way to look at it. Like a super empathetic way to look at it. Like trying to put yourself in your child's shoes and like, how would I want my father to be? Cause I feel like a lot of parents, especially from like, at least my parents did it. I don't feel like they really thought about that. They didn't try to put ourselves, themselves in our shoes. They just tried, you know, the best to get by. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were pretty much just getting by, but they didn't really think about from the child's perspective. Because especially if you're a little older, most parents have like this kind of, you know, you're just a child. What you want doesn't really matter. You're supposed to kind of sit there and you're supposed to be seen, not heard kind of thing. They don't really see children as humans until they like get to a certain age, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's something like I want to avoid at all costs because I feel like if I start being too disciplined with him and kind of making decisions for him, he's gonna get old and not know what the fuck to do. So I'm trying to just you know be honest with him. I don't want him to put me on a pedestal. I mean, if he does, that's awesome. But I want him to know that I'm human. Um, so I'm still his dad, and I know right now like. He thinks like I'm the biggest person in the world, but like when he gets old, you know, it's just gonna be man to man, you know, and we just happen to be father and son and keep it keep it just like that. Um, I feel and do you feel like do you feel like you're kinda almost walking on eggshells now because the first five years of their life is so important? Like developmentally, like their personality, like most of their personality is almost formed in the first five years. Man especially the relationship with the father. I think with that just looking at some of the stuff he does now, I believe some of that, but I think a lot of that, like, before you even touch him, like, they already, like, he already has preferences, like, he has a specific TV show he likes watching, he has specific food that he likes eating, he's not picky or anything, but there's certain stuff, like, if he has the option to eat it, he'll pick that over anything else. Um, true, true, true. Like, I, I just went to go pick him up a second ago, and, uh... I said that we were leaving, and he went to go get his damn shoes. I'm like, you're one years old. How do you know to get your shoes when we're about to leave? True, true. Yeah, they learn habits super fast. You know, I'm sure he just saw you grab his shoes a million times, so he just, he knows what's up already. But I saw this one post that was like, the way you speak to your child when they're young 
becomes their inner voice in their own head as they get older. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that totally. Like, I'm not I'm not gonna specify who it is, but I have somebody that I, I'm close to, and they tell me that like whenever they think about doing something, they always have their mom's voice, and she was real old school. So like, if you're doing if you're out past a certain time, the only thing you're doing is fucking or fucking around. So, like, with him, like, I try not, I try not to yell, and I try not to, like, I try, I try to be there, but I try not to be overbearing, and I'm sure, like, as he gets older, it's gonna change, but I kind of just let him do, do whatever, as long as he's safe, like, his priority is not my safety, not if he's quiet or anything weird like that, um, because he'll, he'll, he'll learn to be quiet, he'll learn, you know, as we get to different environments, like, you know, I can be as loud as the hell I want, yeah. But if I'm, like, forcing him to do stuff, the moment I'm not around, he's going to act like a plum fucking fool. And I'd rather he be an ass around me than around strangers. True. Now, do you think as he gets older, for his disciplinary measures, do you think you're going to hate your kid? There's only going to be a couple instances where I put my hands on him. And I already already have him out mentally like if he's bullying somebody i'm gonna put my hands on him i'm not even gonna ask why he was bullying you know i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure he was being malicious with it but if he's just like talking shit i'm fine but if he's like physically bullying somebody and put my hands on him um if he slaps his mom i'm putting his my hands on him um if he cusses out his grandma i'm gonna put my Put my hands on him. My my mom might put my put her hands on him before I get to him anyway. But I mean, honestly, like as long as he's not doing anything physical, I'm not gonna do anything physical to him because I think talking to him and as long as I set the tone, like because like I grew up, my mom she was single mother and she's in the military, so all she knew how to do at that point in her life was to yell and to hit me. Those were her. Those were her two things. You say yell and hit you. Yeah. So she 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 would she would yell and if that wouldn't work, you know, and if I did it again, then an ass whooping would come. And yeah, so you, see, yeah, my stepdad was kind of the same way, but that didn't really work for me because like I was a stubborn kid and like I was also kind of a smart ass. So like, if you pissed me off by like yelling at me or hitting me, like I was the type of kid that like I would get in more trouble because now that like. Now that you put your hands on me and I feel kind of way, I almost want to get back at you and I want to piss you off by getting in trouble again because I see I have that power over your emotions. Yeah. Because like I see, oh, I can piss him off by doing this, and well, he pissed me off for it because I had a stepdad and you know he was a he was a cop and he was real strict. He would come home drunk sometimes and just be real a little extra violent and whatnot. And and his his thing, especially as a cop, his thing was power, yo. I don't know if he felt, I'm assuming he felt real powerless as a child. Um, so his whole thing was just power and dominance. So I kind of noticed that from a young age. So, like, I would kind of act out on purpose just so I can exert my own power over him and his emotions kind of thing. So I feel like you got to be careful with that in kids because kids are a lot smarter than you think sometimes. Oh, so like, fuck yeah. Yeah, so you got to. But I, I, I like the way that you're going about it, though. I like that you already have certain pre- said like the only times you would hit him like kind of thing like you wouldn't hit him just for like bad grades or anything like that because there's different more creative ways to get around that you can yeah. study with him more or you can you know make him do more chores or like find ways to make studying fun or stuff like that yeah like, or, or pay yeah, pay somebody for that shit 
Like it's real simple. Or pay somebody to tutor them. Like if I can't do it, like uh, there was a book I read. Uh, it's by Osho, and it was saying that uh, you know if your kid wants to do something and you don't know how to do them, do it, and it might scare you. Find somebody that knows how to do it and pay that person to teach them. So that way, you know, it, it takes the anxiety away from you. You know, maybe. If he wants to do skydiving, like, I'm totally against that shit, but, like, if there's, like, levels, like, if he does the eye fly first and he gets an instructor and then, you know, when he's 18 he wants to do it, you know, I've done everything I can to help him do it safely, and he's going to do it whether I want him to do it or not. Absolutely. There's a couple things in there that you said that I want to touch on. Um, first of all, as far as books and reading and shit, because I'm a super huge reader too, and I feel like books have definitely changed my life since I started reading heavy when I was 19. What three books do you think have changed your life the most positively that you've read? That's hard, man, because like, for me, like being black, there's certain books I've read, and then just being a man in general. But if I really, really had to pick, I definitely picked that Osho, Osho book that I read last year. The 48 Laws of Power. Yeah, that's the name of the author. I think the, uh, let me look it up online while I'm on here with you. Okay. Cause I was, uh, I like that you have, I like that you have 48 Laws. I think that would be one of my three for sure. Oh yeah. Cause that's just, that's like a book that teaches you how to, how to deal with other people, man. That's like, yeah. And I'm not even gonna lie. It taught me like, it taught me, like, how white people think, yo. Because, honestly, white people think like this. They play politics all the time and shit. Yeah. And, like, they're always trying to climb that ladder. And there's always politics behind every job. Like, it's great if you do an amazing job at your job. But if you don't know how to move around those power dynamics and get your boss to like you and to trust you and to make you, like, want to promote you. Yeah. Like, if you don't play the politics of it, there's only so far you can get up that ladder. And white people are always playing those politics. But, like, I feel like us as black people, we don't really... We're not really aware of it, and nobody really teaches us. Yeah, because we're, we're really so, just taught to, like, work harder than they do. But, like, working hard really doesn't get you that far. That gets you, like, oh, yeah, you're my best worker, and I want to make sure I keep you. But, like, it's fine that I that find some... also make sure that I want to keep you in the same position that you're in now. Yes. Because you work the hardest in that position. Why would I move you up when you're filling this role perfectly? Yeah. Nah, nah, Yeah. <laughs> So the name of the book is Freedom, The Courage to Be Yourself by Osho. Um, okay. And, uh, the 48 Laws of Power. And then my favorite book, my all-time favorite book is 1984. 1984. That's more like a fiction, right? Uh, yeah, that's by George Orwell. That's the uh, the Big Brothers watching shit. Yeah. Was that like was that the one back in the day where they, like, they first um, had it on a radio show or something like that? And, like, it was, like, Aliens Invading or something. Like, that's how it first came out. Like, it was, like, a weekly radio show or something that people sit around and watch maybe, like, in the 20s or something. I don't know. I, I think so. I think so. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's one thing. I, always li- I was always liking on the uh, the fiction. I never got into the fiction side. I've always been more into, like, self-help and stuff like that. Nah, I, the, the self-help books, for me, like, sometimes they depress me. I don't... Because <laughs> they're, like, they're all saying the same thing and then, like... It's kind of like, man, I know this shit, but why, like, when you're in a slump, it's like, why can't I implement it, or, you know, when is this shit gonna start clicking, so, like, the self-help stuff, I'd I'd rather listen to somebody talk about, 
like what they're going through versus reading a self-help book. I see. But yeah, what are, what are what are your three books, man? Um, I would say Forty Eight Laws of Power would definitely be number one. That's what kind of really opened my mind to how people think and how they work and kind of like the like the subconscious meaning behind people's words and like people's intentions that they're not really expressing overtly. Oh yeah. Um. So definitely that. I would say The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg because that book taught me how to like break down my own bad habits that I have and create new habits on top of them, like create good habits and replace them. And okay. like that book, I, it came at a perfect time when I was trying to give up. I was um I was an alcoholic for about a year and I was like really hooked on cocaine for about six months. Um, and reading that book really made it super easy for me to just kind of quit cold turkey and and um and since I read that book and since I gave up those habits, I haven't touched the stuff. I've been like over two years clean of both alcohol and cocaine. Oh, that's I feel dope, like man. Because of that book. That's real dope. Um, and then after that, I would probably say something like I want to say maybe Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That kind of taught me the power of auto suggestion and like the narrative that you, the story that you tell yourself in your head. And how you can really, like, the law of attraction, how you can just think things into existence. And, like, you want something so bad and you just set your mind on it. And the universe will kind of, as long as you make that first step, like, you can want something. But if you don't make that first step, the universe has nothing to work with. But if you want it bad enough and you make that first step, the universe makes it so easy for you and just kind of throws it in your lap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's something. That was something, like, so with the alcohol stuff, like, when I got discharged from the Air Force... Um, I was in San Antonio, um, and I had thought that was going to be like my life thing. I was like, that's the easy button for me. Stay in here 20 years, get the fuck out and have some money and do whatever the fuck I want to do afterwards. But when I got, yeah, when I got discharged, uh, it was, it was, it was some silly stuff, but it was when they were, uh, doing all the, uh, cutbacks and stuff. And I was just one of the numbers. Um, and when I got out, like I went to go stay with my dad for a little bit and, I'm not going to say anything bad about him, and I'm not going to say anything good about him. But, I mean, he's human, and, you know, I was drinking. Like, I'd wake up mornings, and I'd drink. It'd be lunchtime, I'd be drinking. And I remember one night, uh, I was drinking by myself, too, and that's what's, what's even worse about it. But like, I got real pissy drunk one day, and he came downstairs, and he was like, Hey, I don't think you can stay here any longer. And I just, like, I processed it. I was just like, man, I'm in a low moment. You can kick me out. But I had I had somewhere to go, but it was just like, you know, if he is telling me I need to go, that means, like, I've fallen way, way far because that's somebody, like, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to say nothing bad about him, but he's just one of those people, like, he's one of those people, like, just, it was was it kind of like the like the pot calling the kettle black? Yeah, that's that that that's a perfect analogy for it. Like, yeah, yeah. so it's like, damn, if he thinks I'm doing this bad, I'm really fucking up. Yeah, so that's one of those things, and like, definitely with him, he's one of those people. Like, he he's my he's he gave birth to me, and that's really as as deep as it goes, man. Like, I love him because he's my dad, but like. I get in these uh, arguments with people because it's just like, you know, you have to love your parents and you have to do this and that. And I'm just like, no, man. Like, if you don't like somebody, 
if I don't like a stranger, I'm not obligated to speak to them. But if they're family, I shouldn't have that obligation either way. Like, family, I should want to speak with my family. I should want to be around them. So. Yeah, true, true. Like, the same way, like, your family doesn't owe you anything, you mm. kind of don't owe them anything. Like, he took care of you those first 18 years because that was his responsibility as a man. He brought you into this world. <coughs> but after, after, that, after those first 18 years, he doesn't owe you anything. And after he takes care of you those 18 years, you don't really owe him anything back. You don't owe him taking yeah. care of him for 18 years because that was his responsibility. He made the choice to bring you in. So Yeah, that's, that's if perfect. He fu- if he fucked up that relationship to where you don't really want to be around him after those first 18 years, that's kind of on him. You don't really owe him that. Yeah. Staying around being, you know... You know, Super Sun or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Super Sun, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, man, I, I wasn't planning on talking about that dude on here for a while, but fuck it, you opened up the window. But uh, I've had a couple, like, try to have heart-to-heart conversations because he didn't, he didn't take care of me for 18 years, man. I, I've stayed with him for a total of, like, six months of my life, and that's, like, since I've been 14. And every time, you know, I'm going to him and... You know, I'm trying to build a relationship with him, but it's not reciprocated. And every time it's always somebody, oh, it's your dad and you have to do that. And then, like, as a father now, I'm just like, no, if my son is doing X, Y, and Z and I want to spend time with my son, I'm going to go to him because I have the available resources. And my son shouldn't be trying to spend time with me, not as a as a young man. He should be out and about. He shouldn't be trying to build a relationship with me. He should just be, like, calling me for, like, consults or something, like trying to figure out decisions he's trying to make or, you know, just tell me what he's trying to do. It shouldn't be like, hey, I really want to hang out with you, Dad. What are you doing right now? It's like, hey, are you going out? I'm coming to you. So, so you're saying that, like, if you just want to get that bonding time, and it's kind of more your job to make the effort. Yeah, and okay. and it should it should never be like that for a child. I don't I don't care like I don't care how much money my son's making. I don't care what he's doing, what he's got going on. He shouldn't be searching for me, trying to hang out. Like I should be bugging him, like the person. Like maybe he doesn't want to hang out with me all the time, but he should just know like my dad really wants to be around me. Absolutely. So. That's dope, man. Your, your son is lucky. I feel like he's gonna, he's gonna come up good, yo. I hope so. He he has a couple of my bad habits. I see. But yeah, man, it's definitely it's definitely it's a definitely exciting thing. And like, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like as a dad, there's really not shit for us to do while they're this little. Like you're really there just nurturing them and like maybe like teaching them stuff. But as far as like. Keeping him alive, like, he wants his mom because he's been in her for so long, so. And then, so how how old were you when you found out that you were going to have a kid? Uh, shit. I'm, I'm about to turn 27, so 26, 25, I think. He was 25. Yeah. And then, how did, how did that hit? Because I, I know a little bit of your past, and it seemed like you weren't exactly ready for it at that moment. What was that feeling like, like, bro? Man, that 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 was probably like another low in my life because I wasn't I wasn't doing right by her, um, and it was it. I'm not blaming her, but I was trying to do something. I just wanted support, and she was going through something at the same time. Um, so 
I kind of, I ran from her. And when she told me, it was like, I'm one of those people like, I'm logical. It's not that I'm emotion, I'm emotionless, but like I'm logical about it. So like, like this is what we got going on. You know, it's your decision, and that's that's the wrong thing to say to a woman. Like, they're they're dealing with emotions, and yeah, because they're trying to figure it out too. And like, if you say it's your decision, it almost kind of seems like you're not gonna really be there. But like, she doesn't know what to do because she doesn't know if she's gonna have your support. Yeah, but that's that's my thing. Like, I tried to tell her like, no matter what she did, like. I would be there for my son, and that's still the wrong thing to say because she wants me there for both of them. Exactly, because she's going to have to carry him for nine months. She's going to yeah. have to fucking breastfeed and stay up sleepless nights for like a year after, like, yeah, for your son. But she needs somebody there for her, too, because that's a lot on a woman to in, go through. And in, in hindsight, you know, I, I understand and, like, I see all of that. But at that moment, like, I was just like... What do you want to do? I'll be there for my son because, like, if I don't do anything else, you know, in my life, you know, my son's gonna know that I'm I'm in his life. Um, Got you. Even though, and then, do you ever worry about like? Because when you're when you before you have a kid, if you don't make ends meet, it's like, all right, cool, you know, whatever. I can scrounge up a couple, you know, cents out of the couch. I can get a burger from Burger King or whatever. But if you're not making ends meet when you have a kid and you don't have food for the kid, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Like, how does that hit you? Like, or do you like since you've had a kid, it's kind of woken something up to you, like a, a kind of hustle where like that's not even an option to not not making it to me. Like it's just been I'm gonna get it and I've gotten it every ever since I've had the kid. Like how did that play out? It's that's a hard that's a hard spot for me because I've never like I never get anxiety about stuff like that because I always kind of like you know even if I don't eat, I can figure out you know to make sure he's eating, but like. I think it's made me more thoughtful about my use of time. Like, I don't waste as much time as I used to. You know, I make sure, like, whenever I, I come up with something, like, I execute. Like, like with this, for example, like, this is something I've wanted to do, but, like, I never really, like, sat down and just did it. So I just got the equipment and just fucking did it. And there's stuff I'm doing outside of this, too. Um, and I'm just making sure, like... I'm thoughtful, but my hardest thing is trying to make sure that I can make money and spend time with him. And and those two things don't can't be any further from each other. You said they can't be any further from each other? Yeah, because like, like right before, like two weeks ago, I was working for a, a satellite installation company. And like, I was making money, but I was never fucking home. So it's one of those things like I'm trying to find that sweet spot between being able to take care of him and spend time with him and, you know, either I'm going to have some money in no time or I'm going to have a lot of time and no money. Okay. And then so what are your what are your goals with the Instagram? Like do you kind of want to become an online personality and like make some money off of social media so that way you can be at home more and just like creating content? So what I'm doing right now is uh, I'm actually doing social media marketing for a company that I work for. Cause I'm a, I'm a behind the scenes guy. Like I don't mind being in front of the camera, but if I can be behind the scenes, that's better. So I'm working on trying to get a couple businesses in uh, Jacksonville 
to let me manage the social media. I mean, not everybody understands it, and a lot of people just think, you know, it's not working for them because they're not doing it. They, they can't do it, so nobody can do it. So. Okay. And then, so then, all right, let's get into a little bit of the martial arts. How did, how did you, where did you start martial arts? Like, how and why did you, what brought you into Muay Thai? Uh, so Muay Thai was something I've been wanting to do since I saw uh, Ombok. Uh, and that was way back in El Paso, so it was about like eight years ago. But okay. I didn't have the finances to do it, and I was out smoking and drinking and just having fun and being young and dumb and shit. But when I got out the uh, Air Force, like I had some extra money, and I picked up jujitsu, and like I fell in love with that like immediately. Um, but as people know, jujitsu is really expensive. It's insanely expensive. Um, so when I came out here, I was a personal trainer. Did that for a little bit. Got myself hurt. Um, and he came into the world and a lot of other stuff happened. I was like, you know what? I need to exercise, but I can't lift weights. Um, and I also need to learn something. So I was like, you know what? Let me do Muay Thai because... I don't know how to do it. Um, worst thing that can happen is I get beat up, and I'm still having fun. So that's okay. What, that, do that's you want to go anywhere with that? Like, do you think you want to compete eventually, or that's just more like a hobby, just to keep you in shape and kind of keep your mind disciplined and keep you right? Nah, it, I definitely I want to do at least one fight, just one, um, just to just to see what that's like. Because I did a jujitsu tournament um, a while back, and I think that shit's like being in a tournament and being in a fight. Like you don't, there's nothing else like that. Like sex isn't like that. Um, it's not as cool as my son being born, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I see. Um, so I definitely just want to do one, and I mean it does keep your mind sharp because like anybody that's been in an actual fight will be able to tell you like you kind of zone out about stuff that's going on around you. Um, True. And you know, you're 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 in a controlled environment against somebody that essentially may or may not want to kill you, but they want to make sure that you you can't move. So that's really for me like it's something for me to kind of be aggressive with, and you know, just do just be my primal self with. I see. Yeah, yo, that's the main thing. Boxing has been a huge help for me for. Have you ever have you ever researched the flow state though? Nah, nah, I've heard about it, but I haven't researched it. Tell me about it. Yeah, so flow state is kind of like it's it's even in meditation, it's called like your kind of your middle state, where it's basically your mind is just off, yo. It's just like you're not thinking about anything. You're just straight reacting, and it's you. Sometimes people like Tyson, when he used to be in flow state, he used to describe it as outer body experiences, where he could almost watch himself in the fight. And, like, his body is just going off of reactions. And then the way my coach explains it is, like, he just hears, like, a like a ringing in his ear. Almost like a dial tone, but, like, a higher pitch. Just, like, ringing of just, like, nothingness. And you're kind of just existing. And it's, like, and you can get into a flow state even in other areas of life where they work in an office or whatnot. But it's just, like, you're, you're highly most productive, most efficient self of just fucking executing, yo. Okay. And it's, like, it takes... You have to meditate and like to get into it. You have to like you have to practice it. Like it, 
a lot of it's a lot of meditation that goes into it, but it's just it's a it's a, a state of mind where you're going completely off of instinct. Your body just knows what to do. Um, and like you said, where you're not thinking about anything, you're not thinking about any problems or anything you had in life, because that used to happen to me a lot in basketball. That's why I used to have like basketball a lot, because like it used to be the only time where, because especially me as a person, I think a lot. So like I feel like I always have at least two streams of thought going on in my head at one time. Mm-hmm. Like there's always so much going on, but when I'm fighting or when I'm box or when I'm playing basketball, or anything like. There's nothing else in my mind going on but fucking, like, win, dominate. It's just, like, silence, and I'm just moving, and I'm just fucking hyper-aware, and I'm on point, and I'm, like, faster and, like, the fastest and sharpest I've ever been. Just kind of this weird warrior, like, hunter mode. Okay. I, I think I think that's something, like, so me, I've never been into, like, team sports, but, like, I used to run. And when I used to do my long-distance running by myself, like, that was something, like, I, people are always like, oh, how can you run that long? I'm not thinking about it. I'm just chilling and I'm just going with emotions. Like you're just there in that moment. Yeah, you're kind. Of, yeah, yeah, they call it that runner's hide. Yeah. Specifically, when you're running. And that's that's something like. That's one thing. Like my mom, like she instilled exercise with me. She she made it a punishment at one point. She make me run like five, eight miles as punishment. And when I, when I started getting good at it and I started seeing she was tired and she'd make me sprint, like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this shit because it's making her mad. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, you see that always trying to get back at the thing. Yeah. But um, that's another thing about parents that I don't really like, like, making healthy shit a punishment. I feel like it's kind of bad for your child because, like, then as they get older, that same healthy behavior, they have a negative connotation with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. My, my stepdad he used to make reading a punishment. So, like, as I got older, like, even when, like, I started reading at first, it was, like, really hard to get myself into it because it just reminded me of those kind of, like, negative feelings I had attached to it and, like, thinking about him and stuff. But now as I got older and I'm mature and I've grown past that, like, I see, re- like, reading one is fun as shit. It's a beautiful thing and, like, it changed my life so positively. But I think it slowed me down and it got me into reading a lot later. Just because of that, it was tied to a punishment. It was, like, tied to something I didn't want to do or something that was bad. Like, I only do this when I'm, like, fucking up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. That's why I don't like fucking cleaning, man. Like, my mom used to come home uh, and she would, like, wreck my fucking room. And I'd have to clean it and she'd put a time limit on it. So, like, I hate cleaning with a passion. And it's a reason... Um, I'm not like a fucking slob or anything, but like, if it's not absolutely worth cleaning at that exact moment in time, like, I'll put it off. I see. Yeah, so yeah, just, yeah, you gotta be super conscious as a parent, because those little things, yeah, they, they affect a person for the rest of their life, and like, yeah, and I think, because like, I, that's, that's kind of sad to me, because I feel like cleaning is such a beautiful thing, yo. Cleaning is such, like, great alone time to me, and like, I love cleaning, yo, because it's like, you get to see your environment, like, you get to raise the quality of your environment and the quality of life by your own hands yeah. within, like, 20 to 30 minutes kind of thing. And yeah. it's like, for me, if my space is not clean or not organized, like, my environment definitely reflects my mental state. So if my environment is dirty and organized, my mind is going to be cluttered and unorganized and okay. vice versa. That's crazy. I, 
I didn't think about think about it like that. Like I, man. Yeah, like a dirty room gives me anxiety, yo. Like not knowing where everything is at, and like and just yeah, just seeing the like seeing a dirty room kind of like almost like lowers my self esteem, and like it just makes me feel like I don't love myself, yo. Like it's weird. Like I love cleaning so much, and it's just like yeah, it's like I'm physically watching myself make my life better just by a couple simple acts. Okay, you would have you would have hated my roommate in college, man. That dude was filthy. I oh yeah, I yeah, that's another thing. I can't. Roommates are hard for me to do. I have roommates now. They're they're pretty straight. Like, and we keep everything pretty clean, so that's good. But I've had some trouble with roommates. But um, that's crazy. But yeah. So all right. So yeah. Let's let's focus. Let's focus back to the martial arts. Um. I don't, damn, you have any questions you want to ask me about martial arts or boxing or anything like that? Well, first I want to ask you, like, you know, when you do have kids, what are some things, like, you want to instill with them? Oh, uh, I think definitely two things I think are super important for me right now are discipline and willpower. Okay. Um, kind of everything you need is within you, you know? Um, Everything you need, you can get it yourself, or like just your own mental strength. I really want to, I really want to instill mental strength in them and like perseverance and consistency, and just knowing that no matter what, like I'll figure it out just because I'm smart and I'm resourceful and I have confidence in myself and my abilities. And like, for example, when I'm stressed out or whatever, I don't need to run to weed, I don't need to run to cigarettes. I can just go within. I can either meditate or I can. You know, just willpower. Like, I'm going to say no to this thing that I know is bad for me and I'm strong enough to do it. Like, no like no overindulging. Discipline, willpower, um, empathy for sure, uh, I think. I think I've read a lot of shit that says empathy is one of the most important things you can have as a human being. And, like, all serial killers lack empathy for sure. And um, I've lacked empathy and compassion a lot in my life. And it's kind of, like, had like, like kind of, like fucked up relationships for me and stuff like that just not giving a fuck about the other person and just being selfish and not being able to see how my affection my actions affected them so yeah discipline willpower empathy not giving a fuck about other people's opinions um loving yourself to the fullest like not looking for everything comes from within you know don't look to outside sources for anything don't look to outside sources for love don't look to outside sources for fun or for happiness or don't look at other people as the source of your problems. You yeah. are the source of your own problems, and you are the source of your own happiness. Everything starts from within. Oh, yeah. Um, and just a narrative, you know? I, like, really, like, because that, I think that was a huge problem for me in life. I've always had a horrible narrative in my head where I've told myself really negative things, like I wasn't worthy of love, or I'm just, like, a piece of shit, and I can't do anything right, and I don't know how to make money, and... I just, horrible things, I can't do this, I'm not strong enough, um, but it's all just shit that you tell yourself, and, like, the story you tell yourself eventually becomes your life, you know? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the inner critic, uh, I think there's, like, three voices in your head, I can't remember, but I know the critic is the one that fucks shit up for you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's crazy. And I still have that critic, but, like, that critic is a little more, um, it's a little more motivational now, where it's, like, if I slack or, like, let's say I wanted to run or let's say I'm running, I don't know, I can't explain it, but it's, like, the critic where it used to be, like, oh, uh, fuck. But, yeah, it's just more motivational now. It's, like, where, like, come on, like, I still say shit, like, yo, don't be a fucking pussy, but, like, or just, like, or you're doing some pussy shit right now, fucking, like, man up and do, like, do more, do more. Like, you can do more. Yeah. Like, I'm still hard on myself, but at the same time, I push myself and I know that I can do more. 
Okay, I get, I get you. It's, it's more constructive now, and it's not, it's not, it's not abusive to you. It's empowering. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what it is. All right. So back on the on the martial arts tip. So you're doing boxing. I saw I saw a video of you uh, you doing kicks and shit too. You're definitely like. I feel like if I get more loose, like you look like you're flowing with it. So what's something like when you started out? Like what was the biggest like hindrance when you were starting out? What was the biggest what? The biggest hindrance. Like what was something like you were having problems when you were starting out? Uh, for for boxing. Yeah. Um, biggest hindrance. Um, honestly, yo, I don't think anything. Maybe money. <laughs> uh, it, it was just kind of hard making that monthly payment a month. But like, yo, when I started, um, I was showing up twice a day, every day for like five days a week. Okay. Um, I listened very well. I shut my ego off completely. I admitted to myself that even though I had trained in Muay Thai before, even though I had trained in karate before, even though I had been in street fights since I was a kid, even though I had loved and studied martial arts and war and strategy since I was a kid, once I stepped into the gym that I'm in now, I completely shut off my ego and it's like, yo, I don't know shit. Um, this dude who's trying to teach me what he's trying to teach me, he's been doing it for 15 years. He's worked with Anderson Silva. He's worked with Joe Schilling. He's worked with uh, Tiffany Van Soest. Like, he's worked with so many people. Like, shut the fuck up and listen and do exactly what he says. Okay. Um, and I think that was one of the biggest helpful things. Um, and I, yeah, so I think it was just it was just money, you know? I was in a tight place. Like, I was living on somebody else's couch at the time. I didn't have my own place. I didn't have my own car. I was in a bad relationship that was kind of like, um, kind of like just mentally and physically daunting. Um, and it was very traumatic. That relationship was very traumatic. So, um, I think everything outside of boxing is what made boxing hard. But once I was in the gym, none of that shit mattered. And I was here a hundred percent and everything was easy. And like, I got really good really fast because I just showed up twice a day. I listened, I practiced at home. I watched fights at home. Like when I got into it, I was all in and like, it just made everything easier. And then like, since I've set up my life around boxing where boxing is the number one and like, I make sure whatever job I have, that job the most important thing about that job is that I have enough time to go to boxing. Like, life has just gotten easier and life has gotten better as I've revolved everything around boxing. That's, that's, that's commitment, man. I wish, like, I wish growing up I thought like that. And it's not too late for me, but, like, I wish, like, I know how much better I would be at stuff that I started out with when I started out younger because, like, I used to exercise, like, anybody that knows me in high school, like, I'd work out in, I had a weightlifting class in high school. I'd work out with the football players and I'd go home and work out. So I'm working out three times a day, right? Yeah. And when I got to college, like I put all of that to the side, you know, because I was having fun, even though I still wanted to exercise. And it started to be something that like, I would do less and less and less and less. And when I finally started back up at it, life caught up with me. So it's definitely like I wish and I hope my son, you know, has the discipline to, you know, put whatever he's doing first. You know, he doesn't have to be a selfish asshole, but, you know, just make sure, like, if this is something that you want to be a part of your life, you make sure everybody else conforms to what you're trying to do. Because it's, it's, it's easy to fall off of that fucking wagon. Like, I got hurt. Uh, I hurt my back. 
January. He, he was born in December, and I hurt my back in January, February. And, like, coming back to the gym has been, like, the most annoying thing because I can't help but remember, like, how much weight I was lifting, how much stronger, how much endurance I had. And now it's just, like, I can't do something because I'm hurt. And it's, like, my mind is fighting against my body. My body's like, hey, stop being a bitch. You know, this is light. And then my body is like, hey, you're really going to get fucked up and you're never going to be able to do anything again. So. I feel you. Yeah, I think my situation was not so obsessed with it because, like, it was necessity and kind of luck at the same time. Okay. Like, I think I got it. I got into it when I was at the lowest point in my life. And, like, I had a career path kind of set up. Like, at the time I got into boxing, I was a, I was a full-time musician. So I was, like, DJing. Um, I was like people were renting out my equipment for like open mics and stuff, or like I was providing I was providing the sounds for open mics and parties and shit. I was uh, selling beats, um, not a lot, but like I sold a couple. But like most, I was I was covering everything off of DJ and shit like that. So I was doing that. But um, I hit a point where that that chick that I was dating basically, yo. So long story short, one day I like. I walked on it. I walked in on this girl hanging in the closet, like she tried to kill herself. Woo. Um, and like I had to take her down. Um, I had to lay her on the floor, give her CPR. She was already unconscious, drool coming out the mouth. But I had to get her back breathing. Um, and that was just one of the craziest things in my life. And like once that happened, yo, I don't know why. Like, cause that girl, she also kind of introduced me to the music scene. She introduced me to a lot of people, to a lot of parties. She got me a lot of gigs. Like she. I wanted to be a musician before her, but she kind of took me to the next level where now I'm actually making money for this shit because she knew so many people and she was so outgoing. Yeah. But once I saw that and I saw her do that shit, like, and I walked in on that shit, yo, music just felt kind of dumb, yo. Yeah. Like, I was like, yo, this shit is fucking retarded. None of this shit makes sense. Um, none of this shit is important. None of this shit is changing lives or helping people. I'm staying up all night till like 5 a.m. either at a party or in the studio in the dark room smoking weed, eating hot Cheetos, drinking grape soda um, with a bunch of mentally unhealthy people. Like that shit just felt, it just felt dumb. And like since that happened, I could not touch another keyboard. I couldn't play the piano anymore. I couldn't make beats. Like I just, I was sick of it. I was done with it. So I was kind of, that was my whole career path and the whole rest of my life just disappeared in front of me. Yeah. So I was like, damn, what do I do now? What do I dedicate myself to now? So then I saw this interview with Deontay Wilder at the time, like when he was just coming up. And I and I saw his story about like how he kind of started boxing at a late age and he started at 22. And now he's a world champion. And I was 23 at the time. And I was like, yo, I've loved martial arts so, so much my entire life. Like, like I, I, I mentioned it on the last time we tried to shoot the podcast. Like, I love the Power Rangers because they were kickboxers. And um, I loved Highlander because it was like sword play and shit like that as a kid. Yeah. I did karate as a kid. I did Muay Thai as a little younger. And I was like, yo, I'm still athletic. I played sports my whole life. Like, I'm only 23. He started when he was 22. Maybe there's some possibility that I should try this shit. Like, and like, I'm, I was such in a hard place at the time. Like, I had so much angry, anger and pent up energy that I need to get rid of. I just joined the boxing gym. And the first one I went to, even though it wasn't like I wasn't learning as much as the one I am now. Um, and it wasn't, it was not nearly as good as the gym as I have now. I still kind of like, I got obsessed with that. I got obsessed with hitting the bag, learning new shit, sparring, um, trying to get, you know, the timing and the rhythm of it. I 
forgot how much I loved fighting. Cause I even used to love fighting my friends as a kid in middle school. We throw on gloves in the backyard or like street fighting and as a dumb kid, like in basketball games and shit. I've always loved fighting. Yeah. Um. So once I got into it, I was like, all right, damn, I think I can see this being the rest of my life. And then as I met more people doing it and like they explained to me how you have to also like change your lifestyle. Like I had to start going to sleep earlier so I could have the energy to train in the morning. I had to stop drinking soda. I had to stop eating hot Cheetos. I had to stop eating meat. I had to stop like eating dairy. Like I stopped doing so much shit. Like it just automatically gave me such a better lifestyle. And then that lifestyle gave me a better mentality. My head started to clear up. The depression started to lift up. The PTSD started to become easier to manage and easier to handle. Um, the new habits I was forming just made me stronger and I felt better. And I, I started to see my body get more solid and I could run more miles. And like, I just was so much happier with the direction I was going in life. And I was like, fuck it, this is it. This is what I'm doing. I'm all in. Oh, yeah. That's, that's something like a lot of people... A lot of people want like a button that's gonna fix everything. It's not really finding a button. It's finding something that's gonna like guide you into the path of getting better. Like with you doing the boxing, like you inadvertently started getting healthier, and like because you're getting healthier, like your mind's starting to to work better, and you're starting to think better. And you have to sleep for you to train. You have to sleep for you to be productive during the day. So it's kind of it's kind of one of those things. Like I wish people would stop trying to figure out, like, taking fucking pills and drinking coffee every morning just so they have a little bit of energy when, you know, if you start exercising, you start building up your HP bar. That's kind of how I like to think about it like a video game. Yeah, very true. I think, yo, I'm glad you said that because I think of life in total as a video game. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone said, like, Elon Musk just said that this shit could be a simulation, but, like, Life is really a video game, and you can make it to be whatever you want, and you can be any character that you want to play. Yeah. Like, you can make yourself whatever you want. And like, so that's why I don't understand people being, like, 9 to 5. Like, this shit is a video game. You can be whatever you want. You want to be an accountant? You yeah. sit behind a desk all day? Like, I never understood that shit. Um, yeah, but, like, whenever you're doing, like, simulation games like that, whenever you got a character with a lot of money, like, he's unhealthy as fuck. Always. True. True, true. Very, very true. So... So yeah, and then also, but also at the same time, I was I was taking I was doing therapy. I was doing a mental health therapy too. Yeah. At the same time, I was boxing. So that that teaching me how to process my emotions, teaching me um like how to how to overcome adversity and how to see things for what they really are, like really are, and not fall for like those cognitive distortions that we kind of fool ourselves with. Yeah. That like boxing and therapy, yo, changed my life in over the span of the year. So, for example, and within six months. I went from sleeping on someone else's couch, no car, no job, no money, nothing like that. So I slowly, I started, I got a job, started saving up some money. Um, I found a place. Uh, eventually, I got a car. Um, and like, yo, my life just did a whole 180 within less than a year. Like, I'm in such a different place now just because of boxing and therapy. And I'm so fucking grateful. And I'm so happy. To now the point, I don't even have a job. I'm a, I'm a, well, I mean, I do. I'm a part-time boxing coach at the gym that I, that I started working at where I, I mean, at the gym that I started working out. So under my head coach, I'm also like his employee now. Okay. I train people. I teach them how to box, and I also teach classes here. But then, when that doesn't, when I don't have enough clients to train, I just fucking I walk dogs on this app as a side hustle. Oh yeah, and, like, that so, that fucking app, uh, fucking that dog walking shit, that uh saved me a, a lot of fucking time. <laughs> 
So wait, like getting someone to walk your dog or like you were walking dogs? No, me walking dogs. It's a, is it Wag or is it the other one? I can't think of it. It's I rough. do Wag. I do Wag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like before he was born, I got a... So at his last ultrasound, because I said like as soon as I have my son, like he's my priority. So I got fired from my job on a Saturday. Um... It's the first day I ever... I didn't no-call, no-show. I called her to tell her uh, that I wasn't going to be able to make it to work. And I told her why. Um, and she said it was fine. And then she sent me a, a passive-aggressive-ass text message talking about, I, I wouldn't expect this from you. And, you know, I think it'd be best if you just didn't come back to the gym. And <laughs> so I lost, I lost that job. But I had another job training in the morning. And I was going to school. And it wasn't a whole bunch of money. But, uh... We got stuck in Pensacola for like two months um, because there were some complications and everybody's healthy, everybody's fine. And when I came back, I didn't have any jobs. So I got on WAG and doing Uber, man. And like, they they kept me like barely skating by. Like they were just paying for like the car and that was really about it. And maybe a little bit of like the rent, but really nothing major, man. So, yeah. Kind of similar story, but just recently in the last month, like I was already walking dogs before, but like mm-hmm. I, I used to be a server in restaurants and whatnot, and I just got fired from my last serving job maybe a month ago, just because it was one of those things where like, um, basically I had this like real young girl who was a, a supervisor, and she had, kind of had a chip on her shoulder because she was nineteen. Uh, she was a supervisor who only made like a dollar more than the rest of the servers and she was still a server and her main job was just to like text the manager or the owner of the restaurant and just snitch on everything that everyone did. Yeah. Um, but like she felt like people didn't take her seriously because once she was 19, she was very small and petite and she was like a lesbian too. So like she had this chip on the shoulder that yeah. she felt like people didn't listen to her. So like when she would talk to me, she would talk to me with her chest out. She would like bark at me and kind of be disrespectful. But I just wasn't, I wasn't having that shit. So like, I just, like, I'm very, like, polite. Like, yo, like, you don't have to talk to me like that. Like, I have yeah. no problem doing whatever you say. I understand you have the authority here. But you don't got to talk to me like that. And I'm not going to allow you to talk to me like that. Um, and I basically got fired for that. Um, like, not even fired, but I got, I, like, they forced me to quit, basically, where, like, the owner came in, talked to me, talked to her. And as soon as the owner left, um, I know her and the owner were, like, in cohorts on it. But, like, she gave me this, like, long laundry list of shit that I have to do, like, scrub gum under the tables and clean the toilets and all this other shit because she basically took my own words and twisted against me she was like fine you have no problem doing what i tell you to do then do everything i tell you to do or leave type shit um so i was just like i don't really gotta make this shit like i don't need this so i i quit that and the day that i quit that yo like literally within 15 minutes i was already walking i was walking dogs and that same day i had made 75 dollars just walking dogs and probably that's more than i would have made in tips in that restaurant because it was a slow ass fucking restaurant yeah so i i quit that i started walking the dogs and then my coach at the same time kind of offered me the gig of selling memberships here and and training people because he felt like i had put in enough time and i knew enough about boxing and like i was my skill level was good enough so Yo, I started doing both of those kind of full time, just back and forth, and like, just in the last month too, I'm making more money already than I was at the restaurant. Oh, that's um, dope. And just yeah, so sometimes those things kind of lead to better situations, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. Like my, uh, I had an experience like that. I was working at LA Fitness, man, and uh, I got I got promoted, and they moved me to another gym, and the dude that I was working under, he he 
he was younger than me, and he's super friendly, and I don't have a problem with friendly people, but just don't touch me. You'll 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 know when it's okay to put your hand on my shoulder, shit like that. Just don't touch me if this is my first time meeting you, unless like, you know, we click. Like if I don't if I don't give you a handshake, like like a you know brotherly dab and shit, like don't put your hands on me besides shaking my hand. Um, but uh, the catalyst for me was he was always trying to tell me why should I give you leads and shit like that, and so what I would do was I. would I'd meet people as they're coming into the building, so they know my face first. Um, then he started he started uh, getting privy to that, so then he'd send me off to do other shit. Um, but one thing that was like the straw for me was this lady came in the gym, and I took her through a little uh, a consultation for the training and shit, and she started crying, and. I'm not emo like I'm not good with emotions, but like I don't like seeing people crying, and I don't like leaving people not knowing that I at least tried to help them. So I went to him like, "Hey, can you help me? Because I know you're better talking to people." This motherfucker just left. So the next morning, like I get in the gym and I'm chilling. They get on the group call. They tell me to get off. I'm like, "All right, they're probably gonna tell me some stupid shit." He comes over there and he says, uh, you need to get to work. And I looked at him and I was like, hey, don't talk to me like that because you know I, I've been in here hustling. So he called the VP. VP called me. I told him what was happening. He wasn't listening to me, right? So homeboy comes over there and puts his hands on my shoulder and tells me, you know, I need to get to work. And I told him, I was like, hey, if you fucking touch me again, I'm going to break your fucking wrist. And he stepped back. He's like, I'm going to call the cops. I was like, hey, before you call the cops, let me give you a reason. And I was like, you know, I was just thinking about it. I was like, do I really need to stay in an environment like this? Because I don't have a problem following orders. You can say whatever you want about me. You can say, you can do whatever you want to me. But, you know, I expect respect if I'm giving you respect. True, true. And, you know, I don't care who you are. You have to at least be able to, like, if somebody is... Having an issue and a time of need, you know, for me to really want to fuck with you, you got to be able to at least attempt to help them. Don't don't just fucking jump up and just leave. So, I quit that fucking job. And that was probably, like, the best decision of my life. Okay. Well, like, what happened after that? What did that lead up to? And that, that, lead, that lead it up to where I'm at right now, man. I've been doing, like, personal training independently. And that's something I want to get back into. But, like, my charisma... Uh, I got like a probably like a five in charisma points, man, out of a hundred. Like I'm not really like, I'm a really pragmatic person. Like I can be energetic and shit, but like when it comes to like, you know, just do some shit. Like everybody wants to find an easy button, but there's really no easy button in fucking life. Like if anybody's selling you a dream, that's because it's lying in their pockets. So I see. So I, have I, I mean, I feel you on the charisma shit too, because like I'm a little. I, I can't be charismatic and I can't crack jokes and stuff, but like the way my mind works, I'm just more logical. I'm more numbers and things that make sense and shit yeah. like that. Um, but I feel like there's always there's so many people in the earth. There's always like more people that are like you. Yeah. And as far especially with the personal training, whatever your advertisements are, they kind of have to be marketed and targeted towards the people that are like minded. So yeah. it has to be set up in a way where it's gonna draw and attract the people that are like you and will like you whether you feel like your charisma is out of five or not. Because truthfully, your charisma is only out of five because you're around the people that aren't like-minded that you don't really fuck with. Oh, if yeah. you're around people 
if you're around people that are like-minded and that think like you, they're going to think you're charismatic automatically because they like you. Because, I mean, I feel like, I don't feel like your charisma is out of vibe. Like, I feel like this conversation is, like, flows smoothly. Um, and I feel like it's been dope. Like, and if I were looking for personal training in Jacksonville after this conversation, I would definitely, like, hit you up. And, but it's just, like, like-minded and, like, you got to find and yeah. target those people. And, that, and that, that was something, like, I figured out, like, when I was doing independently. Like, I figured that out, but then it was just kind of like, you know, if I'm sick one day, I'm not making any money. Like, I, I like all the, I like all the, you know, let me give you a program. But like when I, I make programs for people, like it might take me 30 minutes to come up with a program, but it's because like I already do the scenarios in my head for like what people need to do or what, what they're trying to do. So like it's really frustrating when you give somebody a program and it's it's not anything complicated. It's not like doing a hundred or anything. It's just like, like I always say like, if I get back to personal training, like I want it to be a hobby for me. And that way, like I can tell people like, when you're signing up with me, this is what the fuck you're getting into. And if you don't want to do it, get the fuck on. Because like, I feel like the first initial, like the first month or two weeks or so, it should just be making sure, like, I should be making sure that you're confident enough for me to, like, really give you some shit. I see. Like, I, I mean, even if it's not a hobby, though, like, even if you're doing it as a full-time business, you can still carry that same attitude. Like, oh, yeah. like yo, I'm, I'm exclusive, yo. I'm not for everybody. I am for people that are like-minded and are willing and committed to do this shit and will really listen to me. And if that's not you, then I don't need you as a client. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the, the more exclusive you make yourself, I feel like the more people appreciate you and the, the higher they value you and the higher you can set your dollar amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That And that's something... You said the dollar amount. That was something, like, I had a difficult time because I was always... I, every time I always start something... I always say, oh, you know, I want to, I want to make sure, like, I'm helping out our people. I'm trying to do black, help out black people. But they're always the ones trying to, like, cut my numbers. Like, hey, give me a discount, or I do this and this for you. Like, you're not feeding, you're not feeding me by linking me up with somebody. You're not putting no clothes on my son's back by me charging you less. Like, if I already give you a number, it's because like I've already, I'm already selling myself short because what I think I'm worth and what I'm offering to you, you know are so far apart, like, I'm not gonna say, like, I'm the best, but I do know that I'm worth more than splitting 50% with any gym. True that, true that. So. Yeah, and it's far, and I like what you said about trying to help our people, and I definitely do the same thing, but, um, I kind of look at it a little differently, so I feel like what I've been doing, especially here at our gym, I kind of find people who are like me, maybe they're just a little bit younger than me, and they're at a point in their life that I was maybe a couple years ago, yeah. where they're maybe a little lost, they're a little less disciplined and whatnot, and um, I really try my hardest, especially if they have that natural interest in martial arts, I try my hardest to bring them in the gym and to like just teach them like the discipline that it gives you in your life and like and how much confidence it gives you and like self-esteem and whatnot. Um, and I view, I view those as, like, passion projects. Like, I, I really do look for, like, young black men who are, like, like me and, like, we're in my situation that feel kind of lost and, like, and try to get them into the gym. And, like, those people I kind of hook up. But then as far as, like, making the break, then I have, like, I have the house moms and I have the, the young Spanish kids that have, like, rich parents and stuff like yeah. that. Those people kind of pay the bills. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's those, like a balance of both. Those are the ones that pay the fucking bills. <laughs> Yeah, but so you gotta have enough people so that way you can go and help the people that look like you and have dealt with the shit that you've dealt with. Yeah. And and I you know, I just like that's another 
another thing I want to focus on because, like, I really, like, a huge mission of mine is, yo, just to help people that look like me and have been in my situation where it's, like, I'm always, whenever I meet, like, young black people, yo, I'm always trying to, like, spit game. I'm, like, giving out all the books I have, like, literally just passing them on and shit, like, um, and just trying to spit knowledge in, like, yo, and just trying to do, I try to learn so much and just try to pass it on and, like, and, like, really try to help as many people as I can, like, the people at, like, jobs, like, I had this one, like, this one dishwasher dude that I was working with at the last restaurant where I got fired, um, and then, like, you know, he, we started talking at work, whatever, I brought him into the gym, he was kind of, he was kind of in a low point where he wasn't really saving his money, all his money was going out, his rent was only, like, 200 bucks a month, but, like, he still was, like, not saving any money, he was still, like, negative at the end of every month, and, like, he had, like, no discipline, he wasn't eating right, and I brought him into the gym, and also, I told him about this book that I was reading, The Richest Man of Babylon, that I just finished reading, yo. Okay. And, like, so I gave him the book, and, like, he read the book, and then he passed that book on to his brother, and his brother started reading the book. And, like, since he started reading the book, yo, like, he's like, damn, I view money so differently, and I see how much I've just been wasting and throwing away. So now he's at the point where he's been able to start saving money, he's been putting money away, he's been coming into the gym, he's been working out, he's been, um... You know, he's been actually, I think he's been losing weight. I haven't seen him in a week or two, so I got to text him see where he's been at. But um, I feel like that's super dope to just change the path and change the direction of, like, of someone's life and to help, like, that dude might possibly come on to become a millionaire later just because of that one book that I gave him. And, like, yeah. to know that I might have just created another black millionaire in the world, I feel like it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's that's real dope, man. That's, I, ha- I have a couple of passion projects that are out in the world. Like, uh, one of my friends... He's one of my friends. He, he was one of my clients, but he's definitely, he's a friend first. Um, so when I met him, he was real timid, real shy. Um, and then, like, out of nowhere, he said he wanted to start doing comedy. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. And he, he's, he's good at it. And it's one of those things, like, people, people gain confidence to do stuff that they would have never thought otherwise to start doing. Yeah. They just, sometimes they just need that one person that believes in them, or they just need that one little shift in life, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just that one little change of perspective that kind of opens their whole mind, and, like, I, the thing with our people, yo, is just lack of information and lack of resources. That's all it is. That's all yeah. it is back. And we're real um, heavy on the fucking traditions. True, true, true. And then we're also, yeah, we're, like, we're kind of mentally weak, and we just believe what anything anyone tells us, and we're still stuck in these old traditions, like you said. Um, and, like, a lot of us still believe in this white, blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus and shit. And, like, we just got to fucking wake up. And, like, we just need more information, yo. Yeah. We need, and that's, that's what I'm always trying to do. Like, if, even if I can't get you to come in here and, like, teach you the discipline and willpower of, like, martial arts, like, I at least want to give you that information of, like, how to manage your money, how to manage your mental health, um, how to juggle your time, and, like, how to, like, how to get toxic people away from you and shit like that. Just information, information, information. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like that's half, at least half of the reason why I read so much and learn so much, just so I can go on and spit that information back out to other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, with with getting rid of to- toxic people and then also making sure you're not the toxic one, that was something like... True. That was something like... I'm, I'm going to call myself on that shit because, like... I may not be an emotional person, but I know how to use people's emotions against them. And like yeah. whenever I'm dealing with women, like because I'm, I'm, I know what they want to hear. Like there are a couple, there are a couple women that probably hate my fucking guts at this point in time um, because of who who I was. Because I was just really playing with their emotions. I had no interest in using in besides anything 
but using them, and that's something like, you know, you might not be toxic to a majority of the people in your life, but you can just fuck up one person really good and fuck up the rest of their life. So. Very true, very true. And yeah, I definitely, I feel that too. Like, I, there have been a lot of times where I've been the toxic person in a relationship. And there are definitely some women who, like, yeah, I feel like there's maybe at least two or three women that have good reason to hate me and definitely hate me. And thankfully, most of them don't actually hate me. I think there's only one that, it's not even, yo, I can, they don't even hate me. They hate the fact that I won't give them what they want. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know? Or that I won't be with them anymore. I won't be who they want me to be. Yeah. Um, or, like, they hate that, like, I portrayed myself as this amazing person, but then when it came down to it, um, I did some real toxic shit, and, like, like yeah. you said, I played with their emotions, because I'm not very emotional either, I've always viewed emotions as a distraction and a waste of time, um, but, yeah, still being able to use other people's emotions to get what I want, like, in unhealthy ways has, like, definitely, has done some damage and definitely brought some bad karma to me, and I'm definitely trying to offset that super hard by, like, helping as many people as I can. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's def that's definitely like I want to make sure this knucklehead like, hey, if you're not really trying to be with a chick, like don't waste the time. Let her know up front, and if she decides to take the chance, at least let her decide. You know, she wants to waste her time. Absolutely. Yo, are you monogamous? Huh? Yeah. Yes. Now I am. I'll put that on. Now you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, now I'm, yeah, I'm on the opposite end, y'all. I'm journey. Like I've been monogamous, like. I dated this one chick for like six years from when I was like 15 to 21. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that was like, I just, I realized that, yo, I, I don't think I can be a monogamous person. It's just not in me. And so now I'm kind of going through like journeying through this travel, like this path of like polyamory and shit. Yeah. My last ex, the one that like tried to kill herself. See, like that started off as an open relationship. She kind of brought me into that world of polyamory. And like the whole monogamy thing, I can't do it. Like it just feels like a case to me, yo. Like, nah, I it's, it's, I agree. I agree. It's 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 definitely one of those things. It's not like it 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 doesn't make sense for for a number of reasons. And it's kind of like the I I kind of think about it like exercise. Like you know when people think about exercising, they always think about making themselves sore and suffering. And like when people talk about monogamous relationships, they always talk about oh you know you just have to accept them for how they are and. It's just going to be like that, and happy wife, happy life, and it's like, you know, you're really, you're sacrificing yourself to make somebody else happy, and it's it's a it's a never-ending slope, um, but I don't, I think if I wasn't married, I'd be in an open relationship, but I couldn't be married sharing her. True that, I feel you. Yeah, being married is a whole different thing. Like, I don't know if I could be married. I'm, I'm nowhere near that. So, so what? So, damn, I know you said you weren't doing your chick right at the time. So, but like, she took you back. You got married. You think that was because because you guys had a child together? You think that's where it's like, damn, I really got to stick with this one? Like, cause, like, were you kind of, or was it like something like you just, you really found like, nah, I really appreciate her and this girl's amazing and like, there's no one better for me. Or is it mostly for the kid? Oh man, you gonna get me in fucking trouble. Uh, there's no way to answer that. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, answer, answer wisely, you know. Um, um I, I think it's a mixture of things. Like, um, my son is like number one for me. She knows that, and she, she accepts that for how it is. Um, and two, like, you know, I'm not gonna say like there may not be anybody better for me out there, 
but I don't think there's going to be anybody that loves me as as fully as she does because she 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 has accepted me for a lot of things and that's definitely not me being the best that I can be. Um, I'm sure that there there'll be somebody that'll love me and you know, they'll kiss my ass all the time, but she's like she's a realist when it comes to me. Like she doesn't let me get over with her. Um and she always lets me know like you know she she loves me because how good she knows that I can be. Even though, you know, I'm 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 further I'm far from my best, I'm not at my worst. Um and I kinda feel like, you know, I, I owe it to both of them to show, you know, who I can be I can be the best I can be to both of them, being a good husband and being a good father. Um But I see but I, I say every day, like, as much as I love her, if she wakes up and she says she doesn't want to fucking be with me, like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna force that. I'm, I, that oh, might yeah. sound like I'm not fighting for it, but like if you if somebody wakes up and they decide they want to be with you, like that's that's their decision. Like we're we're living together, but like you know she's still her own person. I'm still my own person. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, see, that's something I've, I've struggled with in the past. Like I think because I'm a, I'm a Gemini and I'm a mutable sign, so I can kind of adapt to people and adapt to situations and yeah. not. Um, so I've had a problem of like women in the past not really fully accepting me for who I am, but, like, kind of projecting who they want me to be, yes. what they see in me, what they want to see in me onto me, and, um, and sometimes I've run into trouble trying to fill that role and just not, it not feeling natural, and I feel like I was not being who I was, and, like, I was being something that I'm not, and it just caused misery in my life, Yeah. or just being with a person who was constantly nagging me, like, do this, do this, do this different, I'm like, that's just not who I am, yo, Yeah. and, like, you're just... You, like, or people, I've had, like, people, like, or women, like, describe me in ways that, like, like, they tell me things about myself that I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's not me at all. Like, that's just some shit that you want me to be or that you want out of a partner. And because I'm so fucking adaptable, like, yeah. you can just, you, you can see that in me. But, like, that's not really who I am. Yeah. So that's just what I've been struggling with. Nah, nah, I definitely agree with that. Like, uh, my mom calls me, so my mom calls me a lot of things. She calls me a serial monogamous. But she also knows deep down in, in the heart of my soul that I'm a hoe. So, <laughs> so my biggest issue is like I get in a relationship and everybody gets bored. But like when I get bored, I get distance. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And boredom to me doesn't just mean like, oh, we're not having sex. Like I just don't want the routine to be so fixed that like some shit pops off. And you're, you're reacting the same way every time. That's what bores me. Like, shock me. Put me on my toes. Like, if I do something that pisses you off, like, ignore me. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I need to fucking fix this because she's doing something different now. So. You, you got to be careful with that shit, though. That always wanting that excitement and that thrill. Because, like, that, my last chick was that for me. She was, like, yeah. very unexpected. Everything was very surprising. But because of that, I kind of had, like, no stability in life and, like, I was always on eggshells around her because, like, she would blow up a lot. She was very emotional. And, like, so I never knew how she was going to react. So it almost became to a point where, like, I was afraid to tell her certain shit because I didn't know how she would react. Or I was afraid to do certain things because I didn't know how she would react. Or, like, I just couldn't create a stable routine in my life because every day was fucking different with her. And, um, I mean, that's just on my side personally. Like, I, yeah, that's, I think that's a little scary. You got to watch out for that, wanting that everything is different type shit. Yeah. 
I mean, as I as I've gotten older, I've kind of like interacting with women and just hearing their stories and like hearing some of my friends go through shit. Like I know that's not what I want, and I think what I want, I just want somebody that is like light and fun. Like you know, we might have a plan, but if it doesn't go the way we plan, like we can still have fun. Like you know. Like, when I was young, like, I used to, you know, with my girl, I used to dance with her out in public. I don't like dancing. I don't know how to dance. But it just feels nice. Um, so, 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 so now my thing is just, like, you know, I just want to be able to just enjoy wherever we're at, no matter what's going on, sort of a tragedy. So, I think, I, I think having, having a kid kind of, I think for both of us, because she, she, if I had to pick one person to describe as a nurturing mother, it would be her. Um, and she loves, she loves kids way more than I do, but we love kids exactly the same. So I think having, having our son, like we've kind of adapted in a, in a healthier way, like he's not withholding us together. But he's like, he's allowing us to see each other in like a lighter manner. Okay, I hear you. So. Now I, I gotta get I gotta get out of here soon. But there's like one last thing I want to touch on now that we're on the subject of like women in relationships and whatnot. And I just have a question, yo, because I've been running into this a lot, yo. Okay. Do you feel like every woman that you have spoken to or interacted with, from whether it's family or from girls that you interact with intimately or even just friends that you have, like? Every woman I know has a story or, like, an experience with a dude either assaulting her or raping her or abusing her, like, physically or just, like, doing some real fucked up traumatizing shit to them. Like, every woman I know, yo, Man, has at least one of those stories. I, I can honestly say every woman that I've talked to that has gotten that close to me, I will, I will at least say, I, I will say yeah, because it's so... So many fucking weirdos, like, it might not get all the way to them sexually assaulted, but, like, they get forced into positions where, like, you know, you do this, or I'm gonna ruin, I'm gonna tell everybody you did it any fucking way, and you're still gonna look like a piece of shit, um, so, yeah, I, it's, yeah, that's, man, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's crazy, yo, because every woman I talk to has either, like, literally either been raped or been beat up by a dude, yeah, like, or just something like that. And it's like, it's crazy because, like, it's like, one, I've never done anything like that to a woman. Like, maybe I've been a little emotionally abusive and stuff like that and manipulative. And, like, my thing was maybe more, like, just emotional kind of shit. Yeah. But, um, never anything sexual, never anything physical or like that. Like, I do have my fucked up shit. But, like, I've never placed my hands on a woman in any kind of forceful, aggressive way. Yeah. Um, and it's like, most of my friends, like, yo, I can't picture them doing that either. Um, and they they would never talk to me about it. They never admitted to me or anything like that. So it's like, where are all the dudes that are out here that are doing this? And it's like, do the dudes that I know are doing this? And like, do dudes just have this like one secret side that they show to women that they interact with, and like they don't show that to the rest of the world, to the rest of their friends and whatnot? Or like, because it's just so fucking common. But like, I've never met a dude or had a conversation with a dude where he was like, yeah, one time I I had sex with this chick that was passed out, or like I. I fuck this girl against her will or like, you know, like, I mean, I'm not going to say that. Like, I don't, I don't know any of them because I know a lot of people and 
shit slips through the grapevine, like, uh, especially, like, in college, like, I'm one of those people, like, I don't like fuck, so there's, there's two types of women I don't really fuck with. I don't fuck with drunk women, and I don't fuck with white women, and that's just, like, I have nothing against them, um, but it's just history, like, shows me, like, it's not, it's not the safest thing for me to do, um, so I try, I try to make sure I'm in control of whatever situation I'm in, and, like, with the drunk women comes guys that are predators, like, we're, we're only... I mean, we're, we, we are we are animals as much as, like, we like to separate ourselves from that. But, like, I think with the guys, like, they found a niche of women that they can do whatever they want with. And it's a 50-50 chance that they'll get in trouble with. Um, yeah, and it's fucking sick. But I think, like, I think truly as men, we are natural predators. And all of us are predators in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and I think, like you mentioned earlier in the, in the conversation, that that fighting kind of lets you get out this primal side yeah. of yourself. And I think that's what really fighting has helped me the most and made me a healthier person. It allows me to release that predator in a very safe and healthy environment so where that predator doesn't leak out into other areas of my life anymore. Like, where even, like, I've never been a predator, like, physically or, or like, sexually or anything like that, but, like, even just, like, seeing women as targets or opponents, not opponents, but, like, objects to cats, like, Pokemon yeah. cats, like, oh, I'm going to have sex with this chick. And I'm going to say all the right things to her. I'm going to make her love me and make her think I'm charming, make her think I'm funny just so I can bag it and get it as an accomplishment. Like, I convinced her to want to have sex with me. And then once I got the sex, I was done because my mission was accomplished. Yeah. Um, and I think bossing has helped a lot with that where, like, I don't really view women or relationships like that anymore. Like, it's more just boxing releases that predator and that primal instinct. And, like, yo, especially because what helps for me, like, I'm not even going to flex or not even going to lie, yo, but, like, I've wanted to kill people or kill things since I was a kid, yo. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, just, like, the type of abuse I've endured and, like, power dominance that, like, power struggle and feeling powerless as a kid, I've always felt like ending someone's life was, like, the ultimate power, and I kind of always wanted that. But, I, you know, the way I grew up, I grew up very, like, disciplined and, like, self-controlled, so I've never acted on those feelings, but they were kind of always there being built up. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I found boxing that it allows me to release that primal aggressor and that predator that, like, I can just go into a ring and fuck someone up. And, like, I can think about ripping their fucking jaw off and, like, ending their fucking life. And, like, people will applaud me for that shit instead of looking down on me for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely so, that's, like, de- that's definitely something, like, we, we try to, just because we're human, think that we're different than, than everybody. But, like, everybody has, like, these weird urges that are taboo, but, like, it's, if you're just aware of what somebody's thinking, it, 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 it lets you know, like, how to operate with them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, no, I agree with you. I, I've, I've always, like, I, I like, I like destroying things. I don't like destroying things that are precious to people, but, like, I've, I've broken, like, a projector that I bought for myself. Like, I've broken, like, my, uh, my windshield, like I've, I've broken stuff that that is mine, and it feels really cathartic to break it. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand like getting that rage out. And for me, like my biggest thing was, like, you have to have an outlet for it. Like that's how people are getting like, they're they're shooting people because like they don't know how to either verbally combat the person because they're verbally berating them or like. They don't know how to throw hands, and, like, if everybody knows how to fight, like, fighters, 
as violent as they are while they're in the ring, like outside of that, it's very rare to see a, a fighter do some shit. Yeah, very true. And yeah, it's just because like they had that outlet, and like it's like that kind of Carl Young theory of the shadow side. Um, everybody's kind of living like repressed nowadays, and like they don't allow themselves to like access all aspects of their personality, even the shit that's considered taboo or negative. Yeah. So, but whether you want want to or not, like whether you access it intentionally or not, like that shit slips out and it leaks out. Oh and yeah. I feel like that's where a lot of like abusive dudes come from and shit like that, just living repressed and like not having healthy. Cre- I'm just their emotional feelings, like, because as dudes we're taught, like, to not be emotional, to suck it up, be a man, and shit like that. Yeah. Um, and that just becomes, like, bottled, pent-up rage and shit like that. So I feel like just another great thing that martial arts is for is just, like, allowing you to release that shadow side, that aggressor, that, you know, just to be fully yourself, holy, to be soft and to be hard at the same time, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that's where it comes off. But, um, so, yeah, before I get out of here, though, do you have, like, any final, like, thoughts or questions you want to ask me or anything that we can cover, anything like that? Nah, we're, def- we're definitely, we're gonna, we're gonna do a three-peat of this, man, because I definitely, I enjoy you. You're, you're very, you're very thoughtful, um, and you're real cool just from our two interactions on here thus far, man, and it's definitely, like, you know, it's not love at first sight, but I definitely think I made a, I made a good friend, man. Yo, yeah, definitely, yo, I feel the same way, bro, very like-minded, yo, it's nice to meet, like, another intelligent black dude that's into the same things that I'm into, and, like, just has that same positive energy, and just trying to, you know, get better in life, and, like, and, like, yo, I see what you're doing, yo, and I see what you're doing with your kid, and, yo, I kind of, like, I look up to you as a role model, because, like, the same, like, the daddy issues I have and shit, like, I really am excited and want to be a father one day, yeah. but, um, I was always kind of a little afraid to do it the way you did it, where it just kind of, like, it just kind of happened, whether you were ready for it or not, but, like, Yo, the way you power through that shit, you persevere, and you're still out here getting it, and, like, you put your son first over everything, I think that's so fucking beautiful, though, and I think that's that's so fucking dope, yo, and I definitely look up to you, bro, and we can definitely do that 3P, I'm super down, bro. Alright, definitely, man, so, yeah, so, we'll, we'll definitely do this again, um, shit, yeah, let me, let me get this kid, cause he's over here fucking shit up right now. Yeah. Alright, cool, yo, bro, I'm about to peace out, yo. Alright, you have a good one. Alright, man, you too, bro, have a great weekend. Alright, peace.